Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to the Vile Dawn podcast for Thursday, August 20th. S&P futures are trading off about 13 points. That is about 40 basis points. The major European indices are trading down 1% to 1.3%. There is underperformance in cyclicals, so that includes basic resources and banks, both of which are off 2%. And Asia finished in the red across the board. So the Fed is being blamed for the selling that we're seeing in equities. The Fed um, certainly coincided with the slump yesterday afternoon in the US. The market was pretty much out of tides at 2 o'clock. Um, and then uh, that obviously catalyzed the sell-off in the day's final two hours. Um, so all the wire services, all the market summaries, all of the market commentators this morning are all blaming the Fed, looking through the minutes, piece, picking out headlines, um, you know, such as the Fed was too negative on growth. The Fed said they're not going to cap yields. The Fed was vague about upcoming policy shifts in terms of timing, et cetera. I don't think anyone is really altering their views on Fed policy this morning. Um, you know, there are perhaps some nuances in terms of the sequencing of events and and policy shifts, but the Fed has been very adamant for months that they are considering this this change in, in bias going forward um, in terms of shifting from a discrete 2% inflation target to an average 2% inflation target. Um, you know, the underlying message being that they will countenance a period of inflation overshoot to compensate for the years that they've been undershooting, um, all of which implies that they are going to keep rates at zero for an extended period of time. Um, and then also the Fed is likely to unveil a more formal QE program um, versus the kind of open-ended one that they have in place right now. Um, Jackson Hole is next week, the 27th, 28th. And then you have the big September meeting coming up on uh, in, on September 16th. And that is the time at which they're supposed to make some of these policy pronouncements. Um, there is this formal statement on longer run goals and monetary policy strategy that has not been changed in years um, that might not get a formal revision until January. That being said, I you know I do think this September meeting is going to be very important as far as them um, being very explicit in in this shift in bias um, with all of these changes that they're considering. So, like I said, I don't think there's really been any shift in the Fed. I just think the market, you know, again has been lulled into this state of complacency, whereby you know most people take it as fact that. The Fed is going to continue to be enormously accommodative for years to come. That I that I think is accurate. Um, you know, there is there is increased uncertainty around the state of U.S. fiscal stimulus. So, um, you know, the market assumes that you'll get a trillion and a half dollar bill by the end of September. I think that is increasingly in doubt. Um, the odds probably favor that still, but the you know I think the chances of it are are kind of declining as we move forward. Um, you know, there's still expectations for V-shaped economic recovery. Most people assume you're going to get a COVID vaccine, um, that the U.S. election won't be disruptive, et cetera. Uh, you know, I just think it's more an issue that we saw yesterday of just like a very, very complacent market um, being hit with um, you know, a possible shift to all those assumptions as far as Fed policy. Um, so like I said, other than all the Fed commentary this morning, there's really not a lot of new news at all. Um, you know, the narratives around U.S. fiscal stimulus, around U.S. growth, around U.S. politics, COVID, et cetera, are all very similar, similar to where they were yesterday morning. 
Um, you know, the DNC had its third night yesterday. Again, a lot of speeches, nothing that really should shift the market. Biden's acceptance speeches tonight. I think that's probably going to be the most important event of the entire um, of the entire convention, just given that, um, you know, he obviously has not been as much in the public eye as Trump has been. So this will be, you know, his, his probably his biggest stage thus far of the uh, campaign. And I think there's going to be a lot of eyes on him. As far as U.S. growth is concerned, um, nothing, there has not been a lot of data out over the last 24 hours, but you are going to get some important figures this morning at 830 with the Philadelphia Fed for the month of August. So this will be the second August data point that we've received. If you remember, the Empire Fed survey out earlier in the week was was soft, pretty soft. So I think people will be watching to see if Philadelphia confirms that. And then also you get another round of weekly claims this morning. Remember, the claims last week were very strong, um, you know, falling pretty materially week on week. And, and investors will be watching closely to see if that continues. And then tomorrow morning, Friday morning, we'll get the flash PMIs, which is kind of the, the first big economic data point for the month of August. So I think there is you know, some uncertainty as far as the trajectory of growth. The July numbers that we've seen going back over the last couple of weeks have been solid. Um, you know, you heard from all the retailers yesterday, they talked about negative linearity in the quarter, whereby the comps decelerated from May to July into August, still at very healthy absolute levels. But the trend, I think, um, you know, is is causing some consternation just about the direction of growth. Um, in terms of COVID, very comparable as far as the narrative from before. The U.S. numbers continue to descend from the July apex. Um still at relatively elevated levels, but they are down materially from the highs of July. And you are seeing European numbers rise. But again, on an absolute basis, Europe is still well below where the US is right now. So, you know, you have a lot of headlines about how Europe is suffering through, um, you know, a surge of COVID cases. You know, that's, that is, um, you know, somewhat accurate. But again, on an absolute level, the numbers in Europe are still much, much smaller than they are um, in the US. Uh, In terms of company specific news, you know, you had two big momentum tech stocks. So, so Adian in Europe, which is a big payment processor, and then Nvidia last night in the U.S. Um, both had earnings. The numbers were very strong for both of them. The guidance was was solid. All of them were making positive qualitative comments. Um, the stocks are seeing some weakness. So, Nvidia was hit last night, and then Adian is off in Europe this morning. I, again, I think that's just more a function of um, you know those stocks have been huge outperformers. Expectations are very high. Valuations are very rich. Um, and I just think it's more a function of the market than it is anything fundamentally. Um, I thought the other big news was Intel last night. So Intel, if you recall back during earnings season, had probably one of the worst quarters for a large cap company. Um, not so much on earnings, but for other issues related more to manufacturing. Stock was hit very hard. Intel has had its buyback suspended since March because of COVID. They announced last night that not only are they going to turn the buyback back on, but they're also going to do a $10 billion ASR right off the bat. Um, so that's about 5% of the entire market cap. Obviously, quite a statement. Um, so there was actually some statistics out just talking about how total buyback activity in Q2 was off about 50% year on year. Not shocking, given that you had a lot of big companies turn their buybacks off. Um and obviously, you had banks completely out of the market. So you are seeing more companies start to resume, resume capital return. Um, there's been a couple of anecdotal comments. I think Intel is the biggest statement by far. Um, banks are still the main wild card. So remember, banks have their buybacks turned off until at least Q4. Um, and you know, to the extent banks get to eight, get to turn their buybacks um, back on, you know that that obviously would be uh, another another area of support for the market. Uh, there's some vague chatter about hotel M&A with uh, Accor and Intercontinental Hotels in Europe. 
Um, otherwise, though, relatively quiet on the company-specific news front. Um, and for the calendar today, like I said before, you can have those eco numbers and then Biden tonight. And then there's really not too much on the earnings front, just BABA and Estee Lauder this morning. And that is essentially it. Um, and that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.